French fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Welcome to episode 346. A Christmas episode. Wow. Not really. We're, we're, we have actually recorded very close. Have we ever recorded? We recorded like the day after Christmas. Before. I think so. I think we've been very so close to Christmas. I shouldn't have said a Christmas episode because it's like the 17th. Yeah, but by the time you actually put this out, it might very well be the 24th. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, just a quick note on that. I think I might have mentioned it at the beginning of last week's, or last episode was the third we did, um, <clears throat> that... Audacity updated, and there's nothing that you can see on the main, we're looking at it now, uh, thing looks the same, but the, the way it exports the files is different. Mm-hmm. So I did my normal thing, uh, after we were done, I exported it and left to do whatever else. And then just closed out of it, which doesn't save the file. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I exported it in WAV format, which podcast doesn't accept. This is riveting, I'm sure. Yes. Riveting podcast. Everybody goes to nuts and bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, shit. So I had to uh, track down a file converter that mm-hmm. would convert it into MP3. So me being a dingus, uh, instead of just finding a free one out there that would take fucking forever to do, like an, an hour or something, I was like, you know what? I may use this again. I might as well buy one. <laughs> like a dick. So I did. I don't know if I'll ever use it for anything else. You can do other things with it. You can mess around. It's, I guess it's a better way to, to edit the this stuff so maybe for all the times we edit yeah Yeah. i I was doing okay there for a little while i was going in taking out the big gaps and stuff but fuck that it's too much work yeah uh but i mean this new audience has been clamoring for it (laughs) the uh people still listen though which is i know amazing i love it but yeah amazing uh so anyway, the it hasn't. I was doing that. That's why that was why I pushed us back an hour because I was like, "Fuck! I want to get this uploaded before we do it." And I was looking for a new the the converter. Long story short, I still haven't uploaded it, but <laughs> I have the equipment to do so. I did convert but you've it. You really looked into it. Yeah, well, I've done more than that. I looked into it, purchased something, uh, and actually did the conversion. So I do have the MP MP3 file now. I just have to uh, upload it onto Podbean. But actually, I guess real quick, I should we should go over where you and I uh, in the PLP Fantasy Football League. Yeah. While the rest of the peasants and the poverty franchises yeah. are scrabbling around on the ground for scraps to yeah. try to make it to the next round, you and I have a first round bye. <laughs> and uh, I love damn. how it makes it seem like it's rigged because it's like, yeah, it's our league, and we <laughs> both have buys. But Jesus, this was the this was the closest like the yeah. playoff grouping has I think ever been like everybody I think you're two games ahead of the person below me so you're like 10 and 4 or uh, something like that yeah and I'm um, I have it right here oh I have the bracket up stand I mean it's like I just secured the the buy last week with the win last week yeah you're 10 and 4 2 9 and 5s 3 8 and 6s and 2 7s seven and 7s seven and the worst is a 5 and 9 and this, we had at least three complete dead sticks. Yeah. Right? That never changed, that, you know, because, look, we don't inform anyone. Yeah. And we're not blaming anyone for yeah. not doing it. Yeah, but I mean, we have, <clears throat> we have 
four five and nines. Yeah. There were quite a few that weren't at the draft but have since picked up their team yep. uh, from where it was. And again, they weren't at the draft because we informed no one uh, of the draft. Yeah. So, and I mean, uh, if you look at the points for and the points against, they're not awful. No. No. I mean, there's a couple in the 1300s, but I mean, like, Christ, is Ryan our biggest scorer? With 1700? Yeah. I think technically uh, Liam is running at yeah. the controls. But, yeah, but like Liam, they're, but yeah. they're 8 and 6, Lean but and they've Ryan's scored team. more points than anybody. Yes. They've scored 1740 points. Uh, Should be, it comes actually. no surprise, and that they've also got some of the most points against. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Ryan, Liam, and me, and then Steven. Do we know Steven? No, but he's always good. <clears throat> um, and then TJ, who wow. wasn't at the draft but has picked it up since and, then. I mean, this just shows how luck of the draw is sometimes. I am down in fifth yeah. for points scored. And your point differential wasn't that big. You just won. Yeah, I won, I won some close games. That's the joy of fantasy football <clears throat> in my league. Uh the, the league that we're both I mean, in. it probably would have been better if my number one pick for the year had, hadn't played... I mean, he did play a whole, like, quarter last game before getting injured. He played yesterday. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. I didn't even look. Um, yeah, we... we I, in my it league... It would be nice if he's ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, in my league, Dan, we're talking about Justin Jefferson because Dan had the number one pick in the PLP league. In my league, the money league, I had the number one pick. See, now it sounds like it's even more rigged. Um... Took Justin Jefferson, he got hurt. I was 4-0, he got hurt, I lost four in a row. Yeah. But anyway, I still ended up making the playoffs. My and Jameer Gibbs went off yesterday. Oh yeah, he went nuts though. Uh, him and Laporte are the two rookies for I, Detroit. I, I'd be having a great... <clears throat> I'd be having a... Jesus, yeah. Even Goff did well. Oh yeah, he had five touchdowns. I'm kind of glad I have a bye week, because every was, other week he has not done that. It was... Uh, Oh, it yeah. was not okay. close. They were playing Denver. <laughs> Denver's been good, though. Denver's won, like, four of their last six or something mm. like that. They were still in the hunt for the playoffs until yesterday. I think that might have... I mean, they're still in. They yeah. could, but they need a lot of help now. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so I just get Justin Jefferson back. And the week before the playoffs start, uh, I just get my first-round pick back. And then the week before the playoffs start, I lose my second-round pick and my third-round pick for the season. Oh. Um Herbert and Keenan Allen. So the Chargers giveth, and then the Chargers taketh away. away. And then the super depleted Chargers played the Raiders on Thursday night. The guy I'm playing, Brandon, had the Raiders defense, which scored 27 points. And Devontae Adams, who had been terrible, scored 29. So I'm pretty much fucked. But anyway, he just I was laughing. When you walked through, he just texted me, and he said, you always have a chance as long as uh, Najee Harris is on the other team, because he's a Steelers fan, and Najee Harris is always on his team. Yeah. 1.3 points. Thanks, yeah. brother. So that helped out a little, but I'm still... Uh, yeah. I still have an, uh, an uphill uh, uphill road to climb. That didn't yeah. make any sense. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with our league. I've been able to ride Detroit as far as I have. Like, Detroit Detroit's has... been fantasy goodness done this year. They well this yes. year. They have been full of fantasy goodness this year. Because if you had told me, like, my... Two Detroit running backs would usually score more than, especially after Jefferson's injury. Like my two running backs are usually outscoring my receiving core. Yeah, which is or, tough. Yeah. Which is tough in a in a PPR league. Yeah, I mean, my, I say my receivers have been 
cons- consistent. They're always yeah. getting me between 12 and 16 points a game, it seems like. So that's why I, that's why I haven't scored a lot, but I've been able to win a lot of close games because rarely ever do my players absolutely fucking tank. You would have, yeah, you would have had a good week this week. Yeah, I mean, I did not start Goff because uh, I didn't worry about it. Fields, Fields, I usually is on who he's playing. Yeah, Fields still has... I mean, there's been four games played, but so far you would have been having a pretty good week. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, proje- projected for 120 is, you know, that's usually you've got a yeah, shot at winning. On this league where there's no bonuses, that's pretty high. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, let's get to the important thing. You watch Klaus. I did watch Klaus. The yeah, day, that was the night. The we, night I of the last here. time we yeah. we. I was, gonna, I was gonna say the night we graduated. The night we last recorded. Yeah. Um. And that movie is fucking amazing, isn't it? Though it is so good. It's. I love how it's a it, it's a Santa origin tale. Yep. But it, one thousand percent makes sense. Yes. Like, oh, this is why people think he has flying reindeer. This is why he thinks that he has elves, because they're just yeah. dressed funny. Well, not funny. They're, you know, indigenous, and they're, yeah. you know... But they're not dressed like the normal denizens of that town. Right. Um, yeah, it... You know, it, it gives you the conflict, you know. There's a basically a Hatfields and McCoys, year, you know, 100 years feud... On this tiny, tiny island. And this is an animated Christmas movie, if you're not yes. uh, aware. Uh, it's on Netflix. About a, about a postman. <laughs> about a postman played, uh, voiced by... Um, Schwartzman. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Yep. He is the son of the postmaster. Yeah. Uh, we haven't watched it yet this year, so I'm yeah, we're digging. Which is a very important position in I this I guess world. a very... Yes, it's a very... He's like almost royalty. Yes. Uh, and Jesper thinks that he is... Uh, he is... In the post office, the post office is kind of a military organization, sort yeah. of. Uh, but he is a slacker and yeah. whatnot. So his he, father, he, he's the rich, he's the rich kid at the private school in every '80s movie who doesn't right. have to do anything. Right. So his father, hoping to uh, force him to become a responsible pe- person, sends him to the worst post. Imaginable, which is this island way, way up north where... Where no one mails anything because they all hate each other. And you have to get there by ferry. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the last postman that was there got run out of town or whatever. So he goes up there. Uh, the ferryman that takes him across the river, Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Right? He died, yeah, right? yeah. I watched a lot of dead people this week. Uh, <laughs> see, you watched Paper Moon. Yep. Um, <laughs> so... And so he goes up there, and uh, of course it's a it's a dark, desolate, gross place with this uh, hilarious feud going on. Yeah. There's there's basically only uh, you're either a what were the two names? I can't even remember what they were either. That doesn't yeah. matter. Hatfield McCoys basically, and then uh, uh, Rashida Jones is the school teacher turned fish salesperson because none of the kids wanted to go to school. Uh, and the only way that Jesper can get off of the island and come back to civilization is if he... How many did he need? I think it was 2,000 needed 2,000 letters, letters or something like that post uh, sent out. Yeah. So he devises a plan through some... I'm not going to tell the whole movie, but he devises a plan... Because uh, he meets this guy, Klaus, who is yeah. a... He makes toys and whatnot. Or made toys. He made toys. Yeah. Uh, his wife died... 
she was she was pregnant. I, I don't care if or they she were was or they were always trying. They were always to trying be. to have kids. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and they give it to one of the kids. Long story short, he Jesper gets the idea that to have the kids write these letters to Klaus to ask for toys, and then he kind of makes up the rules as he goes along. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of the Santa myths are explained yeah. away in this in a yeah, pretty like the whole reason like manner. Santa comes down a chimney is because there were guard dogs outside the house. Right. So Santa throws him up onto the roof to climb in through the chimney to drop the present off for the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole lump of coal thing was because there was one of the kids that Jesper didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so he, just to be a dick, he gave him uh, coal and he said, if you're not good, you're going to get a lump of coal. Um, yeah. And like you said about the, the people, the, the, the basically Inuits that help him later on. It's just, that's the basic plot of the movie. You yeah. get it. It's a fantastic It's movie. very heartwarming. It is very, very heartwarming. heartwarming. Robin and I cry every single time. She, In fact, they had a thing uh, at Milo Elementary last week. Um, they were voting on what Christmas movie they were going to watch. I don't remember if they were voting or the teachers just got together to try to decide. And Klaus was one of the options. And Robin goes, if you guys play Klaus, I will not stay in here. I'll go to my room. I'm not watching it here. Because <laughs> I don't want to watch it with a bunch of... That's my favorite Christmas movie, and I'm not watching it in front of a bunch of eight-year-olds or six-year-olds or whatever. So, uh, it's just... It's 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 the best Christmas movie. Yeah, I would um, agree. It's, it's well really, worth a watch, really good. whether you have kids or not. Um, Unfortunately, you have to have Netflix to watch it because it's never been put out on. Right, it is a Netflix original. Um, but I feel like that one's pretty safe as far as not going to get pulled and disappear. Forever. I would actually love to see it, like, because I like to see Criterion get their hands on that one. Yeah, I mean, they did just do Pinocchio. Really? Yep. The the Guillermo del Toro one that came out this week. So it is possible. It is, and they've done Wall-E, so you know they at least have done a recent animated film. So I, I would like to see them get the... I'd love to see them do Klaus. It's a, it, it hits all the check marks for <coughs> so the Criterion could release. Yeah. Um, I checked back... It came out in 20... I had to check back, and it came out in 2019, and we've watched it every year since um, since the year it came out. Uh, the first year, I think we watched it like the beginning of December, and then ever Ooh. since then, we've watched it on... It's our Christmas Eve movie. Um, and I remember thinking like the second time, like when we watched it the following year... Like, is this really as good as I thought it was? And you're like, holy shit, yeah, it is. Yep. And then last year, I was like, I'm pretty sure I thought this last year, but is it really as good as I think it is? And you're like, yes, it is. So, and then the last year, I was like, yeah, fuck, this is the greatest movie yeah, ever. Netflix and it, should be, and it like, doesn't get bombing old. the shit out of this on, like, yeah. every time you load up Netflix, yeah. it should be like, Klaus, watch this, make it, Make it be uh, required viewing. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to cancel your fucking account. <laughs> Unless you watch Unless this you within watch the next Klaus. ten days. Chicken for uh, My fingernail clippers. I have a, ah. I have a hangnail here. It's right bugging there. the shit out of me. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so Klaus, uh, if yeah. you have not... If you have not watched it, watch it. Uh, yeah. If you have any... Any... If you're going to watch any Christmas movie, mm-hmm. then you watch that one. Uh, you also watched Love at the Christmas Table. That sounds very Hallmarky. It was very Hallmarky. Um, it, we just wanted a random one okay. to watch during the day while we did some other shit. Um, and we picked that one because it had Danica McKellar. Um, that Winnie, name from, Winnie from, from the Wonder Years. Okay, yep. Um, Ted from Schitt's Creek. Okay. And oh Christ, uh, Luke from Gilmore Girls. 
just a loaded um, yeah um, TV personality yeah cast could have been so much better, but man. It's just basically these two kids grow up together. Their dads are business partners at a table factory. Hence, love at the Christmas well, they table. Bought, they build they build them a little tiny kids table, and they always like end up sitting underneath it and eating and whatnot. And then it's like, it's just snippets every Christmas time. Oh, Leah Thompson's also in it every Christmas time. Um, and it. It's one of those where it's like, it takes place like over like 25 fucking years. You get a Christmas dinner 25 times. <laughs> and it's always like, oh, you know, oh, they're kids and oh, she's dating someone else and oh, he's dating someone else and oh, they don't like each other right now. And it's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Just no. And it's where it's the same no characters for a majority of it. It's like, and they're, they're pretty young looking people anyway, even though right. Dana McKellick is our age. Yes. It's like, okay, fuck Christ. Stop it. She's not 19 here. Right. We yeah. know she's not 19. Yeah. This could have easily been a fucking parlor movie where it's them after having a fight. Yeah. I always like to think of like the the Parks and Rec episode where they finally put Ron and um, Leslie, in, Leslie the room and lock them in. They lock them in and you yeah. find out finally why they've been angry at each other all year long. Yeah. That could have been done with this. Where it's just like it's just the two of them with their family coming in and out and in and out. And yeah, yeah. Good idea. <laughs> that's that sounds poorly. So, that sounds executed. too ambitious uh, for something that looks like this. And I'm looking yeah. at the cover, and, and it looked like it was filmed with our fucking iPhones. Yeah, sort of thing. It, it had just, that that glean, or yeah. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, I mean it's just. Yeah, and at thirty, Sam realizes that Cat is the one. But he's afraid the past will get in the way. But there was nothing really about their past. Nice. It's not like they had sex one time, she got pregnant, and they had to have an abortion when they were 18 or some <laughs> shit like that, you know? It was. <laughs> I don't think that strikes the right tone for this movie. But maybe. Uh, but it's like, oh, they were just kids, you know? And one time they almost kissed, you know? Uh, it looks like uh, Danica McKellar... Who gave that a fucking five? I was going to say, it looks like Danica McKellar's... Uh, mom has 51 yeah. letterbox accounts because there are 51 five star reviews on this. Uh, it is mostly three, so most people were uh, at least unoffended. Yeah. Oh, that's like it, it's not an offensive movie. If you if you watch Hallmark movies, I don't yeah. particularly think this is a Hallmark movie, but it's very Hallmark esque. Yeah. If you watch a bunch of those every Christmas, I'm sure this is this fits right the fuck in. Yeah. Because um, of course. Ted goes off to the big city, and you know, <laughs> but like the and she the, stays in the town, and he oh he thinks he's better than they are for a while. And the Hallmark ones are like they are offensive. Like, yeah, fuck. What do you, you you think I'm an asshole? And this movie, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. You put no effort into this. Yeah. Um, I have I've considered that too because if you play the game, there's a couple lists. There's a uh, list on here I remember looking at last year where someone had taken. All, had just put all the Hallmark movies on, and if you just look at it in a big grid, it's all they all look exactly exact. the same. Red, 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 green color motif. Man, woman standing next to each other, almost always white. Oh yes, almost always yeah. white. Uh, <coughs> yeah, there's actually a book that reviews. There's usually fire. All of them. There's usually a fire, something like yeah. that in the back. Something is glowing. Yeah, because uh, maybe two or three Christmases ago, Screen Drafts actually did a Hallmark movie like draft. 
and one of the guys they had on as a, a guest GM was a guy who literally wrote a book about all the Hallmark Christmas films. Wow. I mean, it's got a market. There's oh yeah, there's a reason these things exist yeah, and come out them. in mass at this time of year. I have never seen one that I thought was better than a three at best. I wonder what the best Hallmark Christmas movie is. Oh, I'm it, not going to find out. If I could remember, I, I, I'll research it for next time because I can just go back and look at the, that draft for screen drafts and oh, see yeah. which one came out number one. Because I, I would love to see what what's the best you've got, Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if someone goes, oh, what's the best gangster film? You can be like, oh, Goodfellas, yeah. or oh, Godfather, or all oh, this. And it's like, what's the best one for this? A cup of hot chocolate for Christmas. Well, that, I was going to say that's that. That's the one that's, I watched last that's year. That's another Hallmark. Oh, my God. I did not mean to do that, but I'm sure. That's another Hallmark of Hallmark Christmas movies is all of the titles have nothing to do with the movie, really. They could be. It could be anything. It feels like they just have a fucking Christmas movie name generator, and they go, click. Yeah, give me a yep. food. Give me a Peppermint Candy Lane Christmas or fucking yep. something. Yep. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how they come up. Because it... You could swap. In other words, you could just jumble them around, yeah. and no one would know any different. Yeah, it's like, man, I, I love peppermint cocoa Christmas, but man, did, <laughs> did you see peppermint cookie Christmas? That was way better. <laughs> and it always feels like there's a very specific sponsor for these. Yeah, like yes, if you if you put if you put hours in, it's gonna be great. Because even <clears throat> the uh, a couple of years ago, there was the one with uh, not a Hallmark movie. It was. I think it was a Netflix original. The one with... Oh my God, I'm picturing her. She's from Maine. She was in the movie with George Clooney. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, Noelle. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, I remember seeing that too. Horrible. Yep. And that's better than your average Hallmark movie. Yeah. I mean, with certainly more production value. Yeah, you definitely have to check a few things at the door when you watch a Hallmark. Because yeah, it's yeah. not going to be super well acted. Because again, not to slight... Danica McKellar or the dude who plays Ted whose name I can't even remember uh, on you know just on the, just the, the dude who plays Ted Justin Street. Milligan is it him? I think so yeah, yeah. Um, he, oh he's 10 years younger there that's why he, he doesn't look right yeah well that, that's the thing because at See, first that, it's there I was like yeah oh yeah at first when we first started watching it we didn't realize it was even him and then we're like yeah. wait a minute <laughs> yeah yeah, maybe I, or he's maybe I just—he's more boyish. Maybe I just needed the beard. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's—I mean, we mostly were watching it for Leah Thompson and Scott Patterson, but they're barely in it. And of course, they're—they're people who have been. Oh. He, he is Winnie's dad. I didn't—I didn't know what his name was. He is Winnie's dad, and the mom dies at the very beginning of the movie. Like she is never in this movie, but the Christmas party is always held at Leah Thompson's house. Yeah, Alexandra Paul from Christine. Yeah. Um, I recognize the name, but I didn't know who she was. Yeah, it's a bunch of like that uh, guy, yeah, that, a bunch of familiar guy. face guys. Oh, what did um, I just watch him in? I just watched him in Superbad. She's basically like Dana McKell- McKellar's aunt, but aunt in name only type of thing. Yeah. So, of course, at the end of the movie, she wants those two to get together. And the best part is when Leah Thompson and Scott Patterson get together, they get engaged that night. They have never dated. <laughs> In the 25 years that this film exists through, <laughs> they have never once dated. And then she has her proposed to him, and they say yes. It's pretty fucking ambitious for uh, a movie of this scale to have a 25-year span. Yeah, That's I might be exaggerating ballsy. a little bit, still, but it's pretty fucking close. Still, 
I, mean, I, were, I think it's at least 20. Yeah. Uh, if anything more than five. Th- a more thorough reviewer would be going through making a little notation <laughs> a little with check. every Christmas. Um, but it feels like yeah, there's little, even more. Little tally mark thing. Uh, yeah, point is, anything more than five would be yeah. I mean, it's pretty ambitious. They start out when they're like five or six, and by the end, they've been out of college for a while. So I feel like it ends when they're like 30. You're going to be pretty uh, lasered in on your storytelling to do something like that. And I don't know if, just based on the cover and what you're saying. You don't want to contradict yourself. um, If there had been multiple timelines. It's not The Godfather. See, maybe if Christopher Nolan had directed this, then we could have made sense. It would have been better juggling, you know, 20 different past Christmas parties. Or 1975 Coppola. But that would have been very ambitious. <laughs> that would actually be funny to get mid seventies Coppola on it with a Hallmark script. I wonder what it would turn into. I feel like you would have done it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, during, well, the, during, a lot of the, during, the, during those like late nineties, he was not having a lot of success with like Jack. So uh, <laughs> Jack, after Jack and the Rainmaker both flopped, he might have been able to do something with this. The Rainmaker was okay. I'd like to see him take this film that already is shot and existed, yeah, and cut it up the way he just recut it, recut it. Have (laughs) have the complete dossier edition of Love at the Christmas Table, a full setting. But (laughs) (laughs) that's what you could call it, a full setting. Love at the Christmas Table. I I would be not. I would not be surprised if uh, how long is this movie? It felt like an hour and forty. Ninety-one minutes. Jesus, close. Hour and thirty-one. Uh, Felt longer than it actually was. For something like this, I feel like maybe there's only a hundred minutes of film. Yeah, I don't total. Think, I don't think they cut much out. Right. I mean, it's the sort of thing where it's like, guys, we got enough money to do every second of this film yeah. and not a minute more. Yeah. Please don't make us do a second take. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting first takes, and you're getting no no scenes have been cut. No. There is no extended <laughs> edition of this. Oh boy. Wait, what do they call the piece that goes in the middle of the Christmas table? When you have to extend them. The leaf? <laughs> Love at the Christmas table. The added leaf edition. The leaf edition. <laughs> uh, so it was life. You've tagged it lifetime. It was a lifetime one? I don't know if it actually was, but it just felt like it, so I gave it to it. <laughs> lifetime right now is like, that's <laughs> not fucking. Life is like, that's not fucking hours, dude. You take that yeah, off. Right. Yeah, you'll get a cease and desist letter <laughs> yeah. from Lifetime. Uh, it, yeah, I just called it Lifetime. We only make Christmas movies where the wife is beaten and left for dead first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, See, in our movies, the woman it has the woman is from away. The guy yeah, is from here. This right. is the guy that leaves. It's totally not our formula, right? Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, I do want to talk about May December, but uh, Silent Night, I guess, yeah, counts. I as love a Christmas that fucking. Movie. I love that fucking movie. I mean, it does take place at Christmas. There is Christmas, but it's still the most fucking depressing Christmas movie I of think, all time. Oh, is this the one where it's the end of the world or something? Yes. Oh, then don't say anything, because I kind of want to watch this. You, yes, you do. It's really fucking good. Yeah, so let's not talk about it. I, Robin and I watched the trailer the other night, and we... Yeah. I guess I didn't realize it was this. But yeah, it's, it, uh, cool. Like I said, it's depressing. You're not going to feel super <laughs> cheery afterwards. Uh, there's a reason we watched Anne and the Apocalypse right after. <laughs> I was wondering if I could get Colin to watch that. I bet you could. It's a fun film. It is. It's, I mean, that's that's like my number one film on Letterboxd as far as views. I think I've watched it five times now since starting Letterboxd. Yeah. 
It's oh. like our that's our Christmas. Usually we watch that when we put up the tree. Yeah. This year we put up the tree a week early, so we did not watch that yet. Because I was like, no, we, it's not fucking December even. Clo- it's not even close to December. We can't watch that yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna try. So will I, I want to try to watch Silent Night and uh, try to get Colin to watch Anna and the Apocalypse. I think Robin might watch it too. I think she likes. I think she'd like. It's because it's not overly gruesome, right, or anything like that. And it's fun. Yeah, because she liked little monsters. It's no worse than that. It's right. Le- it's less gruesome, I think, than that. Um, and it's the the violence is really over the top for the most part. Yeah. Uh. That the last Christmas. I think one? that's the last Christmas one I've watched. I know we get so th- I'll th- this coming <laughs> weekend will be like the Christmas movie bonanza. Uh, the day after we recorded last time, I watched The Family Man for the first time in a long time. Um, I like that movie. It's I, that actually made it into the Video Monsters like our Christmas Christmas draft thing that we yeah. did. I put The Family Man. I was going to put The Family Man because I fucking love that movie. It's I mean it's basically another version of A Wonderful Life. Yes, yeah, yes. I mean it's. Oh, it's, did you see? Did we talk about It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, no. Because I watched that too. Oh, is it the bottom? Yes, it's a wonderful night. I skipped it over it's when I saw Klaus. They're trying to do Scream, but with what if, you know, you there's a slasher on the loose, you kill the slasher, but then you're like, fuck, this st-, you know, things don't go well after you kill the slasher because the slasher was a... I'm not ruining anything here because they tell you the sl- who the slasher is. Way too fucking early. I I feel like that ruined the film for me. Really? Um, because the, the, you learned that the, the guy who's going around killing everybody is like the, you know the, oh, I can't remember the name from It's a Wonderful Life, but the guy who basically runs the town. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when you kill him, things get worse for the town. Right. So you then watch. I wish I'd never been born. Blah blah blah. And then you fu- you find out what had happened to the town if he had just been allowed to keep killing people. Um, part of the. Part of the part, it's a great concept. That's kind of fun. It's a great concept, and it is a pretty fun movie. And this is a new movie. This is a yes, 2023 movie. But I just hate it's I think it's a Shutter exclusive. It's on Shutter right now. Or AMC Plus, if you have that. Um, I did for a year. It's a great concept, but knowing who the killer was kind of ruins it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then you, you could be asking, why is the town getting worse? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks that you know. Yeah. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. I mean, part of because how they structured it. I mean, I say this having not seen the movie, but why do you think they did that? I, I mean, but but you would just structure it differently. Yeah. If you went with the let's not tell them yet. Yeah, you could have structured it differently. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's one of the director's like first movies. Tyler uh, McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He also directed Tragedy Girls, which I fucking love. So it's got that kind of good vibe, and he's done a couple of Hulu. He did Hulu's Good Boy. Um, and VHS, he did a segment of VHS 99. I do like his work. Um, this one just didn't work as well as I had hoped. Especially where, because, uh, can you bring up the writer to it? Because the writer's written something else, too. Because um, I love Tragedy Girls as a film. Michael Kennedy? And he wrote Freaky. Oh, Freaky. He wrote Freaky. The movie I, that, that's, a, see, now that's one Robin would want to watch. Yeah. Uh, we still have it. It's on Peacock or something? What's it on? Yeah. So I like both the writer and the director's previous work, so I had really high hopes Freaky. for this. It's still good. It's just not as good as I had hoped. Did we talk about Freaky when you watched it? I th- maybe. Probably. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. That's the, oh, yeah. That's the one where Vince Vaughn switches place with a Vince Vaughn is a serial killer and switches place with a teenage girl. girl. Yeah. Hilarity and Hilarity slashing ensues. ensues. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Fun film. Not gonna be a Christmas. Like, 
discount Oliphant. Yeah, kind of does there. Um, not going to be a regular Hollywood, I mean, uh, Christmas time viewing. No. It's fine. Yeah. I'll pull it out every once in a while to watch it, but there's better choices. Yeah. Like um, Love at the Christmas Table. Like Love at the Christmas Table. <laughs> um... Yeah. Was that it for Christmas? That's it for Christmas right. for me. So, uh, I watched Family Man. Mm-hmm. The Probably haven't watched it since, I don't know. It came out in 2000, maybe 2005-ish. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a while. 2000 is when it came out. Yeah, but I mean, I it yeah. probably I haven't seen it since I like can't 2000. I can't believe it was 23 fucking years old. Yeah. Jesus. It's, it's probably been 18 to 20 years since I've seen it. Um, the first shocking thing about it, Brett Ratner. How does Brett Ratner make him feel good movie, period? Right, like, like you know, he must have been like fighting. How does Brett Ratner make an emotionally mature film? He was like, "Let me write the first. Let me do the first little bit, and then you're gonna have to help me out." I feel when like he's Brett a dick. Ratner's mom made it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, the thing that's horrifying about that movie that we've talked a lot, we talk a lot about, uh, especially since we've been really focusing on watching older movies. And again, we're calling the Family Man an older movie, yes. which makes me feel great. A classic. Since we were 25 when it came out. <laughs> Um, that when you watch it 20 years later or whatever and your perspective is different <clears throat> like there's a lot of movies especially our perspective I, on Brett Ratner yes exactly at that at that time it was like who? Um, no 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 because I, I think I, no he hadn't even made X-Men, I don't, any I don't X-Men think so or Rush Hour films maybe maybe Rush Hour 1 I think uh, yeah I think let's made the find first, out I think he had made the first Rush Hour by this point god that means we're going to have to see his picture God, what a douche! <laughs> he, does, he just looks like such a dick bag. What a and, douche! And I don't know if it's just... Uh, yeah, that was 06. Okay, 98, yes. Okay, yeah. so he had directed Rush Hour. Uh, but that's it. Everything else is post-Family Money Man. Talks. He had done Money Talks. Because that was his first one, I think. So oh, I, think I think Money Talks was 97. Yes. That's Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. Uh, but yeah, so Family Man was really his... Second or third Man, that his, anyone had heard. Of. It's funny that he made a film like that at the very beginning of his career, and then you see where his career went. Yeah, because he never directs an other thing like that. No, ever again. He turns into the douchebag that his character is trying not to be. Yes, <laughs> that's why I said he. I, I got. I got a good grasp on the first third of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's a that right there is a college essay. Wait, just waiting to be written. Yeah, like someone's film school thesis project is about how Brett Ratner didn't learn any of the lessons from his own film. (laughs) You learned nothing from Family Man. Uh, The horrifying thing about Family Man is that these kids that you grow to adore cease to exist at the end of it. Yeah. That is horrifying. Like, he now has to live even if things end up working out with him and T. Leone, yep, knowing that he's he has to live, happen. right? Because if you have kids with her now, they're not going to be the same kids, yep. unless in this universe they are. But like, he's going to have this memory of these two kids the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens when he has kids? They're not cool. Yeah. Like they're not. They're not as, super adorable. They're like, not as good as the imaginary ones you had in the in a multi in an the, alternate universe. The John Cheetah. You're not as good as the other you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had another daughter once. You know, yeah. she was way funnier than you are. Uh, oh God. 
See, that's what he needs to make. Someone needs to make the Family Man twenty years later, yeah. where what his life after? is still full of fucking regrets. Yeah, yeah, right. Because the other the kids he had ended up being terrible. <laughs> like one's in jail. The others got like fourteen kids, and they're just all fucking. The other taken one's really the, They're all getting taken away by the state, like on a regular. He's got one of them's like in his twenties. He's really into NFTs. Yeah. He's got like a bunch of those apes. Yeah, just the worst. Has <laughs> date raped like fifteen girls. You know that guy. That guy. Um, you know the guy who looks like Brett Ratner. <laughs> the guy who looks like Brett Ratner. Uh, but it's it's a good Christmas movie. I don't know if it's an it every, is. I don't know if it's an every year Christmas movie, but it's a. I wouldn't be surprised no. if it's a every other year Christmas movie. Yep. Uh, it's also not. All the, that's one of the good things about Christmas movies. Most of them are not uh, long. No. This one is... For Holy shit, I take it back. This is two hours. But, but still, if most of them... In this day and age, yeah. I felt like I have seen like five four-hour-long movies in the past like two months. Yeah. yeah. So, two, if I see a movie is two hours now, I'm like, not bad. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the next one I watched was Muppet Christmas Carol. Haven't watched that since I was... Well, it came out in 92. <clears throat> So it wouldn't have been something <clears throat> that I watched growing up, yeah. right? We would have had to watch this uh, sophomore, junior high school, which at right. that point we weren't. No. So I wasn't sure if I had ever seen it. Yeah. I thought that I had. I've s- I had not. I feel like I've seen it when Connor was little. Yeah. Because I think I we had like a VHS tape that I rented for him. It was a weird thing where, like, going in, I was like, yeah, I've seen this. And then I watched it, I was like, I don't recognize a fucking frame of this movie. Yeah, because it's not like Michael Caine being in it as a hint or anything. He was in everything. Yeah. But, like, but that that's part of it, too, though, is that, like, oh, sure, yeah, the one with Michael Caine. Yeah. I hadn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just know Michael Caine uh, is in it, though. It's pretty good. It's weird. Oh, yeah. It's weird. And it was one of the first, like, it was, like, one of the first Muppet movies post- was had Henson died yet at that point? Yes. Yeah. So I think it was like one of the first. Because there's, I think there's a thing at the. I think it was like one of the first things post Jim Henson too. So I think like the characters didn't sound quite right. Uh, yeah, he died in yeah, 1990. Yeah, so yeah, there, there was a thing at the front of it. I didn't know if it was. So Adam like yeah, all post, the characters uh, that he usually voices didn't sound quite right. Yeah. Because it's not like now where kids are like, I don't know what the fuck Jim Henson sounds like. Like, we had only heard Kermit. Right. From the Muppet show and the Muppet movies and Sesame Street. Yeah. It was always Jim fucking Henson's voice. Right. So to hear Kermit without Jim Henson's voice was like, I remember, because that's I think the thing I remember most about seeing, I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, that is not how Kermit's supposed to sound. Well, he can't sound that way because, you know, Henson is dead, goddammit. (laughs) (laughs) Why couldn't it have been Brett Ratner? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're going to get to... Brett Ratner is going to get a Google notification about this. Probably. You're being talked about. (laughs) Um, And not lovingly. (laughs) No, no. Uh, It's fine. Yeah. It was good. I mean, we, we'll watch it again, I'm sure. But it is weird. I think it lost the kids a little bit because there's some not that great musical numbers. Uh, the songs aren't very good. That was my problem. With yeah. it. But it's a Muppet movie. They have to be there, I guess. And Michael Caine... The thing, though, is that they're usually very good. Yes. Uh, Michael Michael Caine has a song, and I could have done without it. Yeah. 
Never. They, they don't go. They make the humans sing anyway. Right. It never works. Don't make the humans sing. Nobody wants to hear that. Um, but it, yeah, it was fine. Uh, who else? There was somebody else in it that I recognized that it kind of shocked me. I don't remember who. Another one of the human characters. Yeah. Or maybe it was a different movie. I don't know. Uh, the other thing we watched that I don't log, even though it is on here, I don't log it because it's only 26 minutes long, is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. The far superior to, I think, Muppet Movie. I don't think I've ever seen Mickey's Christmas Carol. Really? Yeah. It's like from 1982. Yeah, still don't think I've ever seen it. It's 25 and minutes if I, long. And if I do, I don't remember it at all. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you should watch that. It's it's pro- I'm guessing it's on Disney. Yes, it's 25 minutes long. There you go. All right, I'll watch it. So like I said, next... Because Christmas is on a Monday this year, and we don't have Friday off. I know. I mean, Connor's coming to visit one of those days. I think yeah. Saturday. But Andrea and I have zero fucking plans. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're just gonna stay home and watch fucking movies, and we're making like charcuterie for the entire fucking weekend. Yeah. We're not even making fucking meals <laughs> for that part of the weekend until because we were gonna have to do all that shit on Christmas Day. Just so. meats and cheeses. Just meats and cheeses and delicious things. Crackers and whatnot. Yeah, things we don't have to fucking slave over the oven for. Right. Or the stovetop. Uh, yeah, we were thinking the other day about what we would do for... I think we're going to do a, something crock-potty so that yeah. you can just... Yeah. Meatballs or grab something. Grab it whenever you want Yep, type thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so the we watched Muppet Christmas Carol. We watched uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. And Rob and I kicked around the idea of Let's see how many Christmas carols we can watch. So I think we're going to try to watch, although I don't think the kids are not on board for this one, the George C. Scott one. Oh, yeah. That one's I've seen good. that one. That one's good. That one was really good, yeah, because George C. Scott was an awesome Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, definitely want to watch that one. There's the, there are a lot. There are 20-something. I've always wanted to watch the, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it, Dan Stevens was in it, and he plays, yeah, it's the one where he plays... Fucking Charles Dickens yes, writing a Christmas the man Carol. Who man who created, created Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah. on our list. I've always um, wanted to watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was our plan: was uh, to watch a couple more Christmas Carol adaptations and then watch that. Uh, it is available to stream somewhere. I can't remember where, but I'll find out right this moment. I guess I could look at my list. Also. Christmas 2023. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Huh. We still haven't got to watch Violent Night. Mm-hmm. Robin and I wanted to watch it last night. I don't remember what made us not watch it. Oh, Christmas Story Christmas. Haven't watched that yet. Because it, that fine. just came out last yeah, year, right? It's fine. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, Legacy sequel. <laughs> yeah, especially. Women. I also have Little Women on my list. Yes, I've never seen it. Um, and Robin, ha- well, obviously Robin hasn't seen this version, so uh, I guess it counts as a Christmas movie, I'm told. It, uh, 100%. 100. It, it yeah. bookends. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other thing we, we watched uh, two nights ago, maybe, was uh, Merry Little Batman, which is an animated Batman Christmas movie. Uh, that was one. Of, that was one of the episodes though, from the animated series, wasn't it? Or it might be, but that's not this. Okay. Uh, this is. I'll show it to you so you can see the. Uh, this is <clears throat> recent. Came out 
Oh wow! Twenty. Uh, okay, so it's not what I was thinking. Like this year. So it's a very very different. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not the animated, animated series. That is interesting animation. Yeah, uh, it's mostly about Damien. Damien is eight years oh. old. Uh, Batman has been lured out of town and crashed the Bat Jet. So it's pretty much uh, the first half of it is Home Alone because. He's home alone, and, and people try to break crime. in. Yes, um, I will add I this think, on there because I, th- I, I want to. Wow, it's an hour thirty-two. Yeah, wow. oh yeah, she's full length. Um, yeah, it's basically Home Alone with Damian Wayne. Yeah, awesome. So it's like Dial Code Santa Claus. It's like half Home Alone, and then the uh, and then like half Grinch. That's another one. Oh, is it streaming anywhere? I I would love to see see your thoughts on Dial Code Santa Claus. Or it's under Deadly Games. Deadly Games. This? Um, no. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Maybe it's just Deadly Game. <clears throat> Deadly Game. Nineteen ninety-one. No. Two thousand six. Nineteen seventy-seven. You got three options. Jesus, no. New Dial Code Santa. Or am I forgetting it's not called Deadly Game? There it is. Game over? Yeah, it's another one of its titles. Um, it, this is a, <laughs> I believe, French? Um, it came out the year before Home Alone. If you told me John Hughes saw a screener of this, because this wasn't released in the U.S. until like 2018. Um, basically, it's about a young kid yeah. who's left a home with his diabetic granddad on Christmas Eve while dad is away, mom and dad are away at work, a psychopathic Santa comes into the house and he uses all his wits and booby traps to basically get the Santa. Hmm. Um, only this kid is a lover of Rambo films. So like the shit he does isn't just like, oh, I'm going to drop a paint can on you buddy or, no, he's actually trying to murder Santa. Yeah, sure. Um, I love this film. Yeah, Psycho Santa versus Psycho Psycho spoiled Rambo. <laughs> I mean, really, um, yeah, most not... of the shit that Kevin McAllister did was definitely fatal, though. If oh, you yeah. took If you took a paint there's can a, to the There's a website like somewhere where a doctor, like a, some sort of doctor, pathologist or somebody, like, I think it was one of those, like, uh, Vanity Fair videos. Yeah, did all of the injuries that yeah. he would have, yeah, he would have murdered them many times over. Yeah. But this is, it's very much like that. The kid lives in a very big, rich house and is setting shit up all over the place. Very, very fun movie. Um, Rene Manzor was the director. Again, yeah, didn't get distribution in the U.S. forever, but yeah, I've got a feeling yeah, John... 2018. There's no way John Hughes did not fucking see this. <laughs> no way. Yeah, because it was released in France. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think they... I wonder if they ever sued... <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, Merry Little Batman. <clears throat> uh, still on deck, obviously for me, Klaus. Streaming uh, on Shutter. Do a couple so more of those Christmas a, carols. You might have to do a thirty-day trial of Shutter. Okay. <laughs> to get a couple of these. Um, what else do you have on your Christmas uh, uh, movie list? I'm going to be watching the Advent Calendar, which I watched last year. Um, it's about a paraplegic woman who purchases this Advent Calendar. 
and it's awesome looking advent calendar. It's very old and antique and yeah. it looks haunted type of thing. And every day it tells her something to do. And if she ends up doing all of these things, she'll get her she'll be able to walk again. But it being a horror movie, these things that they're asking her to do are not good. Right. Um think a little bit of needful things type of thing. Right. You know, where you're <clears throat> fucking other people over. Um you know, and then she starts to like is you know, where is this worth losing my humanity? Yeah, to be able to walk again. Um, answer is yes. Answer hundred percent. People, <laughs> um, that guy. I don't know him. You know what? You can run away from your problems <laughs> after that. Um, oh, boy. but yeah, that's on the list of stuff. I, I got to do another watching of Emmett Otter's Jeff Band Christmas. We watched that a couple of years ago, and the kids hated it. Yeah, that's the thing. I I don't think kids like would like it nowadays. Nope, they hated it. For us, it was always on in the morning while we were getting ready for school, leading up to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Rare Exports is another one. If you get a chance, you should watch. This one is Finnish. Um, best way to describe it. Well, we'll see what they have. There you go. Rare Exports Christmas. So, yes. Yeah, a bunch of fucking reindeer herders. Um, accidentally unleash evil Santa. Oh, nice. Un- unleash Krampus. <clears throat> um, it is really... And it's on Tubi. It's oh, really... Cool. Um, interesting. How many horror Christmas movies there are. There's so many. It's There's a bajillion just fucking Krampus now. Yeah. Like, if you just type in Krampus, I bet it's going to show you no less than ten films. Wasn't uh, Adam Scott in the... Yeah, he was in a really good one. Yeah, Krampus, Krampus, um, Krampus, Krampus, Krampus. <laughs> well, somebody has made a Krampus list and it has 27 movies in it. Yeah, and look how many of them just are, look, exi- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the Hallmark movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Where just so many of them just, uh, Christmas Horror Story is another really good one. Yeah, yeah, um, that one, number seven. Oh. That one's an anthology, and the anthologies are really awesome. There's one. Where uh, Santa's elves all turn into zombies. Okay. It's sounds stupid, but it's fun. It's on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, also stars <laughs> William Shatner as a local DJ. Oh, wow. He's he's kind of the narrator of the film, but that one that one surprised me with how good that one was. Uh, but yeah, like you said, most of them suck. Oh, uh, the Adam Scott Krampus is awesome. That one we'll probably watch. Uh, better watch out. Which one is that on this list? It's not. It's not on here. No, it's oh, it's not Krampusy. It's no, just oh, another, I mean, I mean, it's another the, good Christmas horror. Oh, Kr- the, the, Krampus, Krampus is twelve. Oh. That's a good one. That's the one Michael Doherty won. Same guy directed Trick or Treat. That one is a very fun film. I like that one a lot. Uh, better watch out. Is that what you were just yes. trying to talk? That one is five dollars right now. Oh, I? get it. Okay. Um. Is that the like home invasion sort of? Sort of, kind of. It's got a little also home alone. Isn't it interesting that now, like people just keep making different versions of "It's a Wonderful Life" and it's and uh, Christmas Bone, Carol, yeah. and now like Home Alone, there are a lot of Home Alone clones. Yeah, clones. Well, it's you know the films what the filmmakers grew <laughs> up with when they were younger. Um, but yeah, a, a young boy who is getting babysat has strangers breaking into the house. And it says, only to discover this is far from a normal home invasion. I won't go into any... De- 
any more detail than that because it gives away stuff, but it's a fun film. I really liked that one. So, you know, I wouldn't even need to buy it because it's on Amazon Prime and on Tubi. There you go. But The Tubi. only thing the only thing that's going to fuck with you on that one, because I did not know this, all the doorknobs on the doors are high up. They're like chest height. So they're upside down? No. Apparently this was filmed in Australia. And in parts of Australia, all the doors, that's where doorknobs are supposed to be. Hmm. They're not like in America where they're at waist level. They're all about chest level. Because mm-hmm. every time they showed a door, I'm like, why is the fucking doorknob so high? I literally Google searched why. And, <laughs> and the director himself came out and like talked about it. Well, I say that in my apartment that was over the store, uh, a friend of ours <laughs> installed the bathroom door. Because it was a weird width, so he cut it down and installed the bathroom door. He happened to be uh, inebriated at the time and put it in upside down. And uh, so it was like that. My bathroom door was the knob was, I mean, opposite of where it would normally be. Yeah. It was up, like not quite chest level, but like just above the gut. Just enough so that like <laughs> you're like, this is weird. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd better watch out. It's another really good Christmas horror film. Um, Christmas Buddy Christmas. And Robin would yes, like Yes, this that, one right? she would definitely like. Um, I don't know if she'd like Christmas Buddy Christmas as much. That's older, right? No, no, no. That's sounds familiar. It's very new. Have you talked about it then? Uh, last year when it came out, probably. Okay, that's why I recognize. That's uh, the one with the robot Santas, where it's basically Terminator, Oof, but with, maybe. with oh, Santas. <laughs> I'm I'm remembering sort of now. What's it called again? Uh, Christmas Buddy Christmas. Look at that. Were you listening, laptop, or have I looked this up before? There it is. Yeah, you, you talked about this last year. That's yeah. Yeah, robotic Santas on the loose. Uh, another one that. So I'm, what the hell is their problem? They they just malfunctioned. Okay. And they malfunction en masse. What the hell's their problem? What's wrong with that? Um, another one that I'm gonna maybe watch, but you gotta be in the right mood for this one. It's called Inside. It is a Christmas movie. It is. This is a one of the here. French New Wave extremity films. This? This? Yeah, uh, seven. Uh, four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood, as in, like, gonna give birth within a few weeks, uh, is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. Cool. And, like, literally wants to just cut it out of her. Wants to murder her and cut the baby out of her. And it's, like, Christmas Eve when it takes place. That doesn't sound very Christmassy. Oh, it is, it is one of the bleakest, most disturbing films you'll ever fucking see. Uh, but man, it's really fucking good. Uh, one of my favorites of the new French extremity. Gross. But yeah, it's one of those you're like, oh, I gotta watch that again. Uh, Christmas Evil, another good one. Uh, just a minute ago, yeah. Picture Taxi Driver, but with a Santa guy. Yeah. can yep. see it. Yep. A toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work, and embarks on a yuletide killing spree. Nice. Yeah. Guess what? It's on Tubi. Not a surprise there. I think that might be... I mean, there's always the Black Christmases. The, the multiple Black Christmases, because there have been two remakes. 
All of which are different, and all of which are, are interesting in their own right. And I think they're all five dollars right the now. The newest one, a lot of people didn't like because it's too woke. Because you know, there's, there's gay people in it, right? Um, but I really liked I liked the newer one. I thought it was fine. I, uh, the oldest one, I mean, it's one of the original slasher films, and I think it gets a lot of passes because of that. I don't think it's nearly as good as everyone thinks it is. It's fine. I like it. I enjoy it. But everyone's like, oh, it's one of the best slasher films ever. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good list of Christmas horror films for those who like you know, good Christmas horror. There's plenty of other ones <laughs> out there. Um, not to sound like that guy, but yeah, there's a lot of fucking Christmas horror there films. There are. Well, because they're... It, and it, it, Hammers at home right now because like they're all on sale right now. Mm-hmm. So when I'm scrolling through the voodoo sales, like holy fuck, how many Christmas war movies are there that are just right here on sale? Yeah. I, as opposed to like, if there are this many here, there's dozens more that aren't on sale. Um, I watched Jason Bourne. It's fine. Don't bother though. Yeah, I actually held off on buying the 4Ks. Yeah. Because apparently the transfer on like the first two is some of the worst 4K transfers oh, ever. Good. So they're like, don't buy the 4K. Good discs. to hear. And I'm like, oh, all right, then I won't. I mean, it got like, I'm trying to remember on on uh, Blu-ray.com, their 4K Blu-ray Blu-ray visual quality got like a one and a half stars out of five. Really? I've never seen a 4K get below like a three on that site. Wow. I mean, and I know it was shot with, like, digital video, and that was part of the whole thing with it, but, wow. I've never seen anything get a score that low. I guess I didn't realize there there was that much disparity between mm. different movies, depending on who puts it out, as to how good the yeah. quality is. I just always would have thought... That's a 4K disc. That's a 4K disc. Well, it's because a lot know? of them have 4K restorations, yeah. and others have 4K scans. Oh, yeah. You, you scan a piece of shit at 4K, it's still going to look like a piece of shit. Right. You go back and do a restoration of that, it's going to look a lot better. Yeah. But it sucks that now you have to like really research into this. With yes. Because sometimes it's like... Because that happened a lot with Blu-rays, too, where they're like, oh, it's a new Blu-ray, but then you look, oh, they got it from a shit transfer. Yeah. It looks worse than a VHS. Yeah. So... That stuff's out there. And the thing is, they've already... Because I guess they put out a... Right after Born came out, they put out like a five-disc set. Yes. And then they just recently did it again last year. And it's the same fucking transfers. Like, nothing changed. Nice. So people are like, why did you fucking put this out? It's not like there's even a new Born movie to come out. Right. Because people... I think that was part of the reason probably got a one and a half stars, honestly. Where people are like, you put the same fucking package out five years ago, man. Yeah. Why did you do it again? Because when I went to look it up and on knew, Amazon... And knew it was bad. When I went to look it up on Amazon, I'm like, wait a minute, why are there two sets of this? One's $5 more than the other. Yeah. And then I get it, got into the research of it, I'm like, they're the exact same fucking set. Why is one more $5 <laughs> than the other? <laughs> same <coughs> fucking thing. Uh, the movie itself is... I guess would be best described. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. Um... They were hoping it's, to maybe kick off another like another sequel set. It's but it's it the did same not respond well. The same plot points with the same story beats, just a different person in a suit that's trying to get him, and a different rival assassin, and a different girl. Yeah, I mean it's 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 
it's the same fucking shit. It's just he's ten years older and it's but but like if if you I gave it a three and I liked it, but it's because I like the other ones. Yeah. You know, it's familiarity more than anything else. Yeah. I mean and it, and like yeah, I did. I did like this. I liked it the last two times you did it. Yeah. Um but it don't go out of your way, but uh, but it's you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I finished Demolition Man. That movie's so dumb. It's so it dumb. Is. I think I liked it better uh, than you did, but it was yeah. I can't. It's, I can't default your three star. I can't. That. Well, because I, I I don't know if I said this on here when I had because I had kind of half watched it. Uh, it took me a long time. It took me like three viewings. Um, or if I just we, when we were talking about it at school, but I just because you you kind of get into the charm of how dumb it is. And then it just becomes too much, and then you're just like, nope, sorry, I can't. This is so so dumb. And it, I think I was just crashing, like, and it comes in, like, waves, and then you'll be charmed again, and then you just like, nope, it's too fucking stupid. Uh, I think it's because where, it, where I ended was, and this is just so fucking dumb, maybe if it was a little longer, or a little shorter, yeah. uh, I would have ended on a, oh, I, I'm, you know, you're not taking it seriously anyway, but, like, it's just it's so dumb. So dumb, I and it it could have been. I guess that's my problem. It could have been better than it was. I know. Whenever we, I think of all these films that haven't been remade, yeah, like why hasn't why hasn't someone take like you, they did re, Total Recall, yeah. they did RoboCop. Why didn't someone remake that? Yeah, because that could have been done much much better. Yeah, and it's not like people hold Do- Demolition Man up as like a holy grail of films like RoboCop. Yeah, but RoboCop is, uh, which also just hit Tubi. Um, RoboCop is a lot smarter than yes than Demolition Man. But Demolition Man, Man could have been yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So it's like, why yep. didn't someone say like, hey, instead of making a movie that's already a fucking classic and really smart, and trying to remake that and only make it dumber, right? Why don't we take Demolition Man, a movie that's already kind of dumb, yeah, and make it smarter? Yeah, that seems like that's what should be should being remade. The funny thing about it is that <clears throat> it wasn't just me who felt that way about like kind of the yeah. <laughs> the ebbing and flowing. I think Sylvester Stallone did too. Oh yeah. Because sometimes he is full on he's taking it seriously mm-hmm. and then other times he's just clearly dicking around. Yeah. Um and he's a he's a smart I mean we're not talking about like Jean-Claude Van Damme or something like that. We're right. talking about a guy who's a pretty smart filmmaker. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. So it's like I feel like he would have had a better handle on okay maybe this is what I should play it seriously this is maybe not what I should play well, it seriously it, I think in the more ridiculous the more ridiculous the scene I think he just felt comfortable being even dumber than the scene yeah and then when it was action time he could be like the Stallone serious tough guy yeah but also when having like the banter with when it's like the seashell scenes and the sex scene yeah thing, yeah it's yeah. It, it's it's like, it is yeah. hard to watch in places. Yeah, because like that sex scene, quote unquote, sex scene between the two. I'm just like, oh god, this is this, awful. This is this like, is really dumb. People. You think those two people are uncomfortable? You should be. You should imagine how I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here either. Uh, yeah, it's. I, but that's where I ended on it. Uh, I did another thing that recently hit Tubi uh, that I told you about the other day, mm-hmm. and I watched it immediately. Was Point Blank. Yes. I've never seen Point Blank. It has been on my. Uh, my noir list for like two years now it never goes on sale and it's never streaming so it kind of became this holy grail movie 
So as soon as it hit Tubi, I watched it. Uh, side note on Tubi, who we say all the time is killing it, and they see they're killing it now more than more than ever. And I think what uh, what they've done to get some of these movies that are really hard to come by, like your point blanks. Mm-hmm is I think that the number of commercials you see during a movie is directly correlated to how much it is costing Tubi to license that movie. I would I would bet you're right. Because I feel like sometimes I watch... Some of the Korean shit I watch, there's like two commercial breaks. Yeah. In Point Blank, there was one every 10 minutes. Oh. Maybe, a, maybe 15. But still, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. it was. A, I would say there's a good eight commercial breaks, which I'm okay with. And it doesn't really bother me, but it did... I've never really noticed it before. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I don't watch much on Tubi, but yeah, I've only maybe four or five yeah. breaks are the most I think I've ever seen on something on there. Because again, a lot of the stuff I'm watching on Tubi is like no one else has these films. Yeah, exactly. Because they're terrible or they're junky or something. So and Point Blank, I don't think is too long. Yeah, it's only ninety minutes, but it took me well, it took me about two hours to watch it. It was like watching it on a network. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome though. I just realized I mis- they autocorrected John Borman in my review. Came out John Berman. Oh, oh I gotta go back and fix that. <laughs> That's funny. The stuff autocorrect does sometimes. Maybe they thought you meant John Berman. Yeah. Um. That is a fucking wacky movie. Oh yeah. Like, I think I put, said that right in my review. Yeah. I, think I said something about it being weird. Yeah. Uh, making some weird but great directing choices. It is. It's like a fucking acid trip, kind of. Yeah. Um, th- it has a lot of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and kind of dreamy-like sequences when he's yeah, kind of well, out of it. Which is funny, because it's based on our, our Richard Parker novel, which are, some, like, it, not Richard Parker novel, geez, Richard Stark novel. Parker is the character. Um, Walker. Mm-hmm. Walker. Well, he's called Walker in this. Oh, it's Parker in the book? Yeah. Yeah, uh, every time Point Blank's been remade a bunch because um, we should first say get, this is a 1967 Lee Marvin gangster film. Yeah, not uh, like not like Godfather gangster, but like low level hoods, like uh, Charlie Varick. Yeah, uh, level. Yeah, um, directed by John Borman, um, based on the Richard Stark books of Parker, which there were many. Um, and this is because I uh, Mel Gibson's Payback is a remake of this. Oh, and they changed the fucking name in that too. Um, I can't remember why, but like, um, if you look up like these these adaptations, the person is almost never named Parker. So I'm trying to remember the name huh. of the one now that had Robert Duvall. We I watched this summer. That was also another Parker film. It was the, one of the second or third Outlaws, maybe. Nope, I was completely wrong. <laughs> Out, the outfit, the outfit. Oh, yeah, that's th- also a Parker novel. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's on Amazon, right? Is that an Amazon movie? Me? I feel like it's on Amazon. No, not that one. Not that one. That one. This one. Yeah. It was streaming somewhere. They're always called two bit criminals. Always. Oh, it's gone from wherever it was. It was on my uh, on my seventies watch list. I think it was on Amazon and it must have just dropped off. 
Anyway, uh, so was that before? Yeah, so this was after uh, Point Blank. It was after Point Blank. Yeah. Which makes it's also like the second book. But yeah, uh, there are they're, they're books by Donald Westlake. He is a grandmaster mystery writer, but he wrote Under the Pseudonym of these because they're fucking hardcore books. Yeah. Like they are scumbaggiest of the scumbaggy characters. Um, and he ended up writing 24 or so Parker novels, I think. 24, 25. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. They're all... They're exactly what you'd expect from a hard-boiled crime novel. Yeah. You know, um, Parker doesn't talk a lot. Oh, sorry. Where's he getting the... Walker. Uh, doesn't talk a lot, <coughs> when he does. It's tough guy talk. The best... You know? uh, He's a my, man of action more than words. I think my favorite scene is in the movie is uh, when he first encounters Angie Dickinson and he just sits on the couch and stares straight ahead for like two minutes straight while mm-hmm. she's like yapping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like the best scene in the movie. Yeah, and there's always in these books someone who fucks someone over. Yeah. You know, someone broke the criminal code. Yeah. You know, in this one, you know, he's left for dead and all he just wants his fucking money. Yeah. And the, He's going to kill everyone who gets in his fucking way just to get his money. It's not like it's billions of dollars. No, 93000 Yeah, which, I mean, in 67, still a lot of money. Yeah. But still. But the, he uh, was owed that, so yeah, he the, doesn't the, care. The, the criminal outfit that's, like, trying to not give him his money would have been better served just giving him his fucking money, you know, and then he would have walked, he would have left you alone. I love the uh, last ten-minute appearance of Ned Beatty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot Ned Beatty was even in this. They saved him for the end. Yeah, well, if you're going to save Beatty, bring him in at the end. And I mean, the, and then Borman goes on to work with Beatty again. Gives him the most memorable scene in that film as well. <laughs> uh, Borman puts Beatty through some shit. Um, I was going to say, things didn't go well for him in this one. Yeah. It's what, this is one of these... This film should be in the Criterion Collection or Arrow. I have, a, like, an old... Is it Warner Brothers that put this out? I can't remember. Old DVD of it. But it's never gotten, like, a really good Blu-ray or a 4K release. And I don't get why. Because it's like... You ask anyone who's like who loves crime films, it's like, what's a classic of the crime film genre? Fucking point blanks. Yeah, that's, I mean... Always going to get mentioned. That's fucking why Tarantino loves this fucking movie. It's been on my list for so long because it was at the yeah. top of all these lists that I was looking you, at when I was yeah. making my own. You don't get Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs if you don't have Point Blank. Right. You know, it's that type of fucking seminal crime film, but yet the releases we've gotten of it have been very lackluster, and I don't get why. It's not like John Borman's not a well-known director. It's not like Wee Marvin's not a well-known actor. I don't get why we don't have a great release of this yet. I like how the the only difference uh, in the flashbacks is that they have dyed Lee Marvin's hair. Yep. Everything else is exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's ten years younger. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his baseball cap on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the '90s equivalent yep. to. <laughs> What's that have around? He's yeah. Oh yeah, he's like, oh my god. Is that guy 18? I can't... Is that 40-year-old man 18? Uh, yeah. Great movie, though. Yeah, it is. And, and like I said, it's it's a quick watch. It's 90 minutes, although on Tubi it took me about two hours. Uh, but it was fine. 
you watched a bunch of stuff that I yeah, and I watched some good of. stuff. Uh, actually, I guess we could first talk about Paper Moon because uh, Ryan O'Neill died this week. Yeah, um, uh, this is one of the films I saw when I was a kid. Couldn't remember much of it at all; just a few scenes here and there. So I, I, I put it as a first watch because again, it was brand new to me. I like. started watching it earlier this year because it was seventies. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize what I was getting into. Mm. Like it's very old timey. Oh, it's ratatatty. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it would make a great companion piece to like to Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which yeah. got that same kind of depression era. Guys are trying to scam you over. <laughs> um, but it's a f- yeah, it's it's it it it's a bit of a shock at first. Yeah. Once they start talking, but then you just settle right into it. It's. I figured that's film. what it would be because it's very highly regarded. Yeah. Uh, but I started watching it. I can't. I, I was laying in bed and I was just like, no, nah, I can't do this well, right now. Ryan O'Neill is really playing it up. Yeah. Like yeah. he is really paying it up to be like he's an old, you know, like you said, he's old time. He's the the guy who's just he's he, he's going to take you for a ride. You see. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, and I was just like. No, I just can't do this right now, and yeah. I just stopped it after. A once minutes. you, if you're in the mood, and like once you get into it, you're yeah. you're you're living in it. Um, it's so weird. Bogdanovich is such a weird director for me because he's made a ton of stuff. He's a very highly regarded director, but when you look at his actual directing career, other than a few films, mostly like the the top four right there listed: The Last Picture Show, Paper Moon, What's Up Doc, and Targets are all like classics. Um. That was actually a very good thriller. Just recently put in the in the uh, Criterion Collection. Targets is. Yeah, fine. Uh, And it basically used a lot of old like film footage for some of that with with Karloff. Uh, But we mostly remember him from Mask. Damn right, because Mask is fucking awesome. Uh, And the thing called Love is actually really good too. It is. Um, I was. Those are the. Those are the two that I'm familiar with. Yeah, because those are both our I've, childhood. Yeah, I've. I have. I am at least aware of this. The first three. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the first like ten minutes of Paper Moon. Uh, I am just now being made aware of Targets, uh, but Mask and Thing Called Love are the two yeah. that uh, that happened when we were, mm-hmm. you know, ten, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, yeah, I've seen Mask a thousand times. Oh, me too. That was always on fucking HBO. But probably haven't seen it for 30 years. an actual director's cut of that. It's probably been and 35 years and since I I've seen it. I don't know if it's the version we know. Mm. I should just rewatch it. I have it on my fucking shelf. When was the last time you think you watched it? Teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such a good f- fucking movie, though. We think. No. From 35 still, years ago. I'm still <laughs> betting it is. Cause yeah. It's fucking Sam Elliott, man. Um, but then you look at everything other than that. I remember this after this movie, uh, Samantha Mathis was going to be a huge, huge star. Oh, it was this and um, pump up the volume. Yeah, yeah, and we all thought, yeah, she was going to be fucking huge, and, and then she didn't. <laughs> uh, and then sure, she had a fine and career. Then Phoenix goes and dies. Yeah, um, Sandra Bullock is in it. I completely forgot she was in it. Oh, I didn't even. I guess okay. I believe she's you. a bit part. I believe. Um, it was ninety three, so this was post speed, right? What you no no bar- speed was, was pre speed, yeah. So we did not know Sandy yet, right? Um, yeah, great film, great music, great music film. But 
other than that, when you, I mean, go back, go back to Bogdanovich, is, there's so many films there, and you're just like, ah. I mean, Daisy Miller, I've heard good stuff about. Texasville is the sequel to The Last Picture Show that was made like 20-something years later. Um, he's another director that just like put all the fucking, like, his. I mean, but he, he made the Pete Rose ESPN movie. <laughs> you know, he... he right, Hustle. Yeah. I'm sure it's a fine film. I mean, Tom Sizemore's Pete Rose. How could you go wrong? At least I think it's Tom Sizemore. <laughs> it is. Rose, yeah. It is. Um, Gosh, who came off worse in that? Oof, I don't know. Tom Sizemore being Pete Rose or Pete Rose <laughs> having Tom Sizemore play him? <laughs> yeah, either one, it's not something you want to put at the top of your bio, you know, autobiography. <laughs> um, he's just made so many films and just so many... I know he's obsessed with Natalie Wood because there's the mystery of Natalie Wood, and he also made a movie about the potential death of Natalie Wood with the cat's meow. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, she died on a boat. It was rather mysterious. I mean, didn't her husband kill her? That's what everyone assumes. But it was never actually proven. Uh, but, I mean, he did, though. Yeah. <laughs> right? did, did a Tom For John Ford direct, uh, documentary, did a Tom Petty documentary. He rarely ever made stuff that took place in the mo like the modern mm. era. Just an odd director. Good guy. Also played a psychiatrist. Played Melfi's psychiatrist on The Sopranos. I was gonna say where I've seen him in stuff. Oh, because he's always wearing that fucking ascot. Yeah, yeah. He was in it apparently. Was he? I guess he was Peter. I don't remember him in that at all. He, he, yeah, he was an actor too. Yeah, I forget he was always an actor. I forget he, he was died. He died three years later. He was in fifty four. Hmm. All right. And he's probably sitting at a table or something. Yeah, but he's one of those directors who always is is worth listening to whenever he's talking about movies. Very, very well respected. Fuck, he was in a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of these are are documentaries about films. Yeah. Cause he but there's there's a lot of movies here too. Most yeah. of it looks like shit, but yeah, a lot of movies about movies. But yeah, finally got around to watching Paper Moon again. Um, fun, fun film. Uh, Tatum O'Neill absolutely earned her Oscar. She's like the youngest Oscar winner of all time. Is she like ten here or yeah. something? Uh, but she's really, really good. So like a fifth grader. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ryan O'Neill. R.I.P. Um, bigger loss for uh, me personally, Andre Brower. Yes. Died this week. That that was a fucking shock. Yeah, it was very Chadwick Boseman-y because he, he had lung cancer and no one knew. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad because he uh, quit smoking. He had smoked, but he quit like years and years ago. Um, but anyway... Uh, he died this week um, on two all-time great shows. Yeah. Um, and sadly, one of them you can't fucking see. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize yeah. that. I, I um, He was like the main detective yeah. on Homicide on the Street. He was the reason you watched that fucking show. Yeah. Because he's amazing in it. I have a DVD box set that I bought, Christ, probably back in like 2005. Yeah. Um, 
and it's never been re-released since, and it's rarely ever streaming because it was a show that used a lot of popular music at that time on it. Did you see... After we had that conversation, uh, or text, I guess we were texting yeah. back and forth, because uh, I didn't realize this, I, because I, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I should go seek out Homicide. I guess I assumed it was on Peacock. One would think. Because it was an it NBC was show. It was NBC's biggest <laughs> show, one of the biggest shows at the time. Uh, we don't have Law & Order with Homicide. It was Prestige TV on network, yeah. which is yeah, and, rare. and and again, this is a funny thing to point out. M- Detective Munch, who was like a main character on Law and Order, right, started on Homicide. Right, he was a character through every year of Homicide, and then when Homicide ended, they're just like, well, fuck it, we'll put him on yeah this show. Guess what? You're moving to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't live in Baltimore anymore. Uh, yeah, which I th- I I think is pretty cool. I do too. Um. It also had, uh, didn't didn't it have someone that ended up on uh, on Law and Order? I, I, on I'm the uh, who was his partner? Was it Chris Noth? Yeah, wasn't he a lawyer on Law and Order or something he later? He very well might have. I think been. he was a prosecutor or something. He was uh, also. Mr. Big on... Yeah, uh, and again, that show had fucking Yafat Kodo, uh, Clark Johnson, who went on to... He's a... Clark Johnson's mostly known now known as a director. Yeah. I uh, directed a ton of The Wire. Um, and he's directed a bunch of other things. Um, Kyle Secor, Melissa Leo, went on for a bu- bunch of other stuff. Oh, Christ. Uh, the... <laughs> ASA at Danvers, Zeljako Ivanik, the guy we were talking about last week, was just always a guy. In everything. Um, Daniel Baldwin. Hey, Ned Beatty again. Just bringing back the Beatty. I mean, it was a what was huge... Ned, what was Ned Beatty? He, he was Stanley Bolander on that show. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. And again, it's just one of those shows that, like, if you were a... Uh, John Polito. If you were a New York actor... Like, this was the show you tried to get on yeah. before, like, Law & Order. So he was uh, Detective Logan on Law & Order. And, then... and, and again, for those of you who don't know, this was based on the book Homicide, A Year in the Life of a Detective by yeah. David Simon, who then went on to create The Wire. So a Munch also showed up in that. Yeah, it was him. He, 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 was, he, he was unnamed, but he was in one of the Baltimore bars oh, he was? at one point, and one of the, de- one of the detectives talked to him briefly. Yeah, because uh, Belzer o- owns like the Guinness World's Record for being on the most shows as the same character. Because he was also on like The Simpsons as Munch. Oh, yeah. He was in the X-Files, I believe. Was he Munch in his, I the be- X- I X-Files he was. episode? Because well, I, I wouldn't have he, noticed oh, that. Like, he might not have been named Munch because they can't. Oh, but, but he was? Yeah, he was Munch. Uh, I'm still trying to find where he, who he played on Law & Order. I keep not being able to see it. Criminal Intent, during the show that's fifth season, following uh, a... What's it say his character's name was? He left... The, Mike Logan. He left the role of Mike Logan for good in 2008. So he's the same character, too? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Again. He, he goes on to be... Uh, was, he a pro, was he one of the prosecutors? No. He was... Sure, this is riveting too, but I'm I'm like blown away by this. Anyway, uh, 
It was David Simon on Twitter that said we're working on it now, and he mentioned the licensing of the music. Yeah. Because um, I can imagine that's expensive when you've got that much. I would love to get a fucking Blue K release of that show. Um, it's just too good. Uh, I was wondering if there'd be a story or something. Okay, here it is. There's something on Deadline that says, Homicide Life on the Streets writer David Simon updates when drama will be available to stream. Uh, okay, here's the quote. I have been informed by a reliable source uh, that NBC Universal is at least at last attempting, along with Fremantle, whatever that is, on overseas rights to clear music rights on Homicide for eventual streaming. A lot of work to do to achieve that. However, I am also told. Andre alone ought to rate as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, a terrific show. Yes. Um, well ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have procedural shows if the way we do, if not for like Homicide and NYPD Blue. We just don't. And they haven't been made as well since then. No. Because well, they again, turned you into this show was based on a book that had been researched for years. Yeah, yeah. they had so much material and good stories. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't until like towards the end of the show where it's like, oh, uh, like because Brower left before the show was over, and that's yeah. when it started to like that started to break down. Then, how many seasons? It only had like three seasons. No, right? no, it was like six, I think. Was it? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember just how big the box is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Homicide Life on the Street, 122 episodes. Oh, Techni- wow. Technically seven seasons. Wow. Yeah, and the last season was 22 episodes. Well, I would I not mean, have. I, I thought it was only six. Network cranked out back in the day. Um, and I think that was part of the problem too. Is you got to crank out fucking 22. Well, episodes. once you get to the, you know, the the Dick Wolf is the. Patterson of the TV world, uh, just stamping out these uh, episodes of Law and Order and ah, Law and right, Order. Yeah. Season SVU. two was only four episodes. That was ninety four, so that was like the strike shortened year. Oh, okay. Yeah, tw- first season was nine. Second season was four. And then after that, every every season was twenty episodes, at least. But yeah, um, the one episode in season one, where is it called? Three Men and Adina. Uh, this is like the pinnacle of TV cop shows. This is yeah. the one where it's just basically two detectives and a suspect in the box yeah. getting interrogated for pretty much the entire length of the show. This was something you've seen in other cop shows where it's like, oh, they get a guy in there and grill him in within five minutes. Yeah. You know, they got what they need from the perp. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, it's like, a game of cat and mouse for the entire 45 minutes. And it's excruciating to watch. And it's mostly famous because they didn't get the confession. Like, the guy walks. And that goes on to inform. Because especially at that time, Brower and uh, the white detective, Christ, I'm forgetting his name. Their characters didn't really get along well. Um... And after this, they kind of had to have a grudging respect for each other. Bayless, yeah, Kyle Secor's character, Bayless. Um, is that real? 
Whoa. That episode was directed by Martin Campbell of Casino Royale, uh, Casino Royale and um, oh. Mask of Zorro and uh, the other Bond film he did, Goldeneye. That's crazy. I did not know he directed that. Interesting. Yeah, and Fontana, who went on to create Oz, was like the writer yeah. of that particular episode. Yeah, it's just fucking beautiful, beautiful episode. Probably you could probably find that singular episode on like YouTube. Yeah, I wondered how much you could maybe seek out on YouTube. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google search that right now. While you do that, looking over the rest of your list, I'm really disappointed that you watched Sing Two. We were babysitting. We were watching um, Andrea's great nephew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I tried to get him to watch The Illumination Grinch, and he didn't want to watch it. He wanted to watch Sing 2. That movie and sucks. It was not good. <laughs> that movie sucks. It was nothing, like you said, it's nothing but the songs. Yeah. If you, and if you take out the bad versions of good songs, and also a bunch of shitty songs. Yeah. Uh, it is a, it's a fine mix of classic good songs and recent terrible ones. Oops. You can indeed watch Three Men and Adina on YouTube in its oh, cool. entirety. Um, which means you can download all of Three Men and Adina uh, in its oh, entirety. Oh, you know, is this just a guy watching it? Oh, no, never mind. It's just a dude fucking watching it. Nice. Why did he? Why would someone watch that? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, it's literally just a guy at a table. I watch Tool Reaction uh, Still, videos. Man, this is 45 minutes <laughs> Yeah, that. that's, that's a little different. And you're not seeing, there's no little uh, screen. No. With, okay, then that's not, that is terrible. Um, so you watch Sing 2. Uh, yeah, you remove the, the good classics and the shitty current music out of it. And there's just nothing there. No. And it's, it sucks. Yeah. Um, I think the only reason it got a two and a half was because it's at least songs I like that they were covering. Right. Uh, poorly. Yeah. In most cases. Uh, but yeah. Um, is this the one? Is Jennifer Hudson in this one? Is she the porcupine? No. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is the porcupine. Mm. <laughs> sure. I couldn't tell if it was Scarlett Johansson or Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, this is the one with Bono though as the lion. Right. Which Jesus fuck. Come on, Bono, really? I know. A lot of the people that are in these, I'm just that's what you're thinking. You can't help but think anything but come on, man. Come on, Bono. Yeah, you're fucking Bono. Do you really need to be a fucking lion <laughs> that rides a fucking motorcycle? Uh, that is badass. Come on, fucking Bono. Scarlett Johansson is the I had no idea McConaughey was the little fucking koala. Yeah. yeah McConaughey Jesus. is Buster Moon. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is the pig. Oh, okay. Uh, Taron Edgerton is the ape. Alright. <laughs> I don't know who Bobby Cannavale is. Uh, he, is Mr. Crystal the villain? I don't know. I don't know. The, the, I don't know yeah, who's... The wolf? Was I don't think wolf? he's... I don't, I don't even fucking remember anymore. I don't think he's in the first one. Uh, Tori Kelly, Mina. Which one is Mina? I don't know. Can you go down to Scott Mosher for a minute? Uh, where the hell is he? There he is. Click Additional on voices. Click on that, please. 
Okay, yes. That is Scott Mosier, producer of Kevin Smith films. Oh, nice. Who did he know to get on this? <laughs> Dogma and Clerks and Chasing Amy and Mall Rats and Jane Bond. Apparently, he's, I did not realize he's All done some voice work. Yeah, oh, no, he's the producer of fucking... Oh, that's right. i got to watch Clerks, that documentary now. I, think. <laughs> I forgot. That's one of those ones I've wanted to get, watch for a how while. How do we get there from Sing 2? Didn't think, didn't think pro- that was going to happen. Producer extraordinaire Scott Mosier. Didn't think that would happen. Nope. Uh, Mina. Which one is Mina? Is Mina the elephant? Maybe. Again, names were meaningless <laughs> to me in this. <laughs> I think Mina was the elephant. Uh, oh, that good. Was Clark is on Tubi. Thank you. Uh, the other ones, there, the other three that I did want to ask you about. Uh, you don't want to ask about if, the brain? Even if just briefly. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Bottoms, Leave the World Behind, and Killers of the Flower Moon, all yeah. 2023 movies. Uh, one of which I'm going to watch anyway, eventually, yeah. probably. Yeah, Killers um, Moon, kill, uh, killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, we could have a long fucking discussion about that film. So we could probably, That film's amazing. We could probably wait till I watch it. Uh, when and where will it stream, do you think? Uh, it will be on Apple. It, Oh yeah, because they produced it, didn't they? They produced okay. it. Yeah. yeah, they paid for it, so yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. They paid a fucking a lot of money for it, yeah. and it, it did not make a lot. Of I guess years. I assume Netflix because they did the produced Irishman. Iron, the Irishman. Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, leave the world. Speaking of Netflix, that's Leave the World yeah. Behind, right? Yeah, Netflix. That um, is an interesting film. Yeah, Robin put it on our list, and like when we were talking about what, what should we watch. Uh, that was brought up, and because she brought it up to me, and I said, I, "Yeah, I saw that. Um, I don't think it's reviewing well, but well, it's because the the creator Sam Eshmael or Letterbox doesn't love it. Yeah. Uh, Sam Eshmael, the creator of it, is the guy behind um, Euphoria. Okay, seems like he's kind of a douchebag. Okay, um, definitely a lot of style over substance type of guy." Um, and likes to be a little bit edgy. I have never seen Euphoria, by the way. I have not either. Okay. Um, I feel like it is not for our generation. No. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, this film um, stars Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke. They're a couple parents with their two kids who decide to just go on a... rent a house in the Long Island for the weekend. Leave the city, go to Long Island. Um, which is their version of the country, I guess, when you're wealthy enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, while they're there, uh, late in the, late on their first night there, they get a knock on the door. It's Mahershala Ali and his daughter. Um, they were in the city. There was a blackout. They wanted to come home. You know, uh, Julia Roberts' character particularly is a bit of a bitch. Um, she's not very trusting. Where uh, Ethan Hawke's character is just kind of like, he, he's like a community college professor. So he's like, oh. Come on, man. Let's just let him stay. Worst cab, blah, blah, blah. See, now I would be the Julia Roberts in that scenario, yeah. and Robin would be. It's funny because Andrea and I had the same the discussion. Ethan She's Hawk. like, I am 100% the, the Julia Roberts, and you did. You're the fucking Ethan Hawke. You're like, you're coming to make him sandwiches and shit. It's funny how we immediately yeah. did that because I, I was like, I am Julia Roberts in that scenario. Yeah. Robin is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, like, no, no, we can the fuck out of here, man. And we're like, I'm like, no, we, we don't want work. any. <laughs> we can make this work. No, be good. Uh, um, and it's basically something is happening. You don't know what. All the world's communication has stopped. There's no more power. Um, no cell phones. No nothing. 
Um, Murder Charlie's character is like a banker who knew some people, and he's worried because he thinks he might know what's happening. Um, and you never quite you never quite know what is happening throughout the entire film. Um, so it's uh, and it's just kind of Cloverfieldy that Cloverfieldy way. trying to figure out what's happening, what you should do next, how you can you trust the people that you're around. Uh, Kevin Bacon's briefly in it as kind of a doomsday prepper. And there's a scene with a couple scenes with him. Back to the uh, the some the weird couple. shit with deer. Um, <laughs> well, there's a deer on. Yeah, the, uh, on uh, the... he's trying to channel a little Shyamalan on this. Okay. Where he's like, I'm just gonna give you a little taste. Um, a little happening going on. One of the oddest plot points of the whole film is the little girl is trying to finish watching fucking Friends. Okay, like she's been she's streaming Friends. And it's very obviously Friends. Yeah. In the car, on the way up, she's watching it that night, and then right before she's about to watch the season finale, the series finale, fucking everything goes down, and she's like, and I feel like this is, I felt this part is very true, she's more concerned about if she's going to know what happens to Ross and Rachel, and what's actually going on, because she's fucking ten. She has no control over anything else. She wants to know if Ross and Rachel get together. (laughs) Um, And the end of the film, they find... Do you want me to give anything away? No. Okay. Because I'll probably... I think okay. Robin wants to watch it. Um, the one thing I have with this film is there's a lot of really tricky camera moves mm. and shit for no other reason than, oh, won't it be cool if I do this swirly move of the camera? No, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> watch what I'm going to do. Especially after, like, recently watching, like... And I, I brought this up with Andrew. She's like, only you talk about shit like this. And I'm like, well, when you've... I, I started the year watching a ton of Spielberg films, mm. who is a camera movement master. I'm in the middle right now of watching a bunch of Scorsese films. A camera movement master. When, when, when they use camera movement in a film, it's for a very specific purpose. This just felt like there's one scene, especially where Julia Roberts is going up a staircase. And he's twisting the camera around and doing all kinds. Of, and I'm like, this is just fucking annoying. You're just trying to get noticed doing yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're like, oh, look what I... This camera setup took me three days. Yeah, and it came out shitty. Congratulations, you wasted everyone's fucking time. Especially... Yeah, should have ended up on the floor. When you have the quality of actors of fucking Roberts, Nathan Hawke, and fucking Mahershal Ali, these people are carrying this fucking film for you. You could literally just do the Kevin Smith thing and set the fucking camera down. Yeah. And walk away and just point it at them. And it's going to be great. Stop doing shit that takes me out of the fucking movie. Like, oh, we're going to start this scene with a camera on its fucking side, so it looks like someone's holding a, a water glass sideways. Again, you're not... Dis- like, one of the one of the great fucking weird dudes with a fucking camera in the movement is Gaspar No. No way. He is doing it for very specific intent. He is making weird camera moves because he wants to fucking disorient you. This film is not doing that. There's no reason to disorient me. <laughs> I mean, Especially during the scenes he does it in. We've talked about this a couple other times, but it's funny how, like... It, it, it is really just a product of, of watching a lot of movies. And specifically for the last year or two, we've tried to watch more really good stuff. Mm-hmm. You become a douchebag. Yeah. You become everything that we fucking laughed I, at. I hate that I'm what, I'm what I'm talking about, like the specificity of his camera movements and the intent. Well, but you get used to want seeing things a certain way, and yeah. then when it's done poorly, it really stands out. Yep. Um, and it sounds douchey saying it, but it's literally what the word means. 
my taste has been refined. Yeah. I, I re, I, there, I, and Letterboxd is full of refined taste users, which is why a film like this is getting a three. Yeah. And I bet if you click on most of those reviews, it's probably like, no, there's some great acting going on here. Yeah. The, the script's a little weak. Um, if edging was a movie, this would be it. Yeah. Because again, it, it, that one I'm fine. So stressful and fraught. Because this film doesn't have a resolution. I'm fine with that. I've watched enough films where that's the case. Uh, she just wanted to watch Friends. So wait, so Ethan, Kevin Bacon, and Ethan Hawke are not the same person? <laughs> Rose, Rose would absolutely body letterboxed. Yes, she would. <laughs> um, this is why he's... Oh yeah, Tesla. There's a great scene with fucking Teslas in this film, and and I do love the fact that he is so boy. Like this film kind of calls out Netflix a little bit, yeah, which is fucking amazing for a show that's on Netflix, <laughs> a movie that's on Netflix. But yeah, you can't go into this expecting everything to be resolved. Um, this is, I feel like, what would ha- what would happen if the end of the world started to happen, and it wasn't like a nuclear bomb that went off, yeah, like. Shit, just kind of like once you once this world loses its ability to mass communicate, this world is kind of fucked. Mm. We're so dependent upon it. And if you are just outside of a city, what's that look like? Because they're like far enough out of the city that like they can peer across the water and still see the city, but they're on that part of Long Island that's like highly residential and very wealthy. What was the one that we watched a couple years ago with similar premise, but the end of the world event was these fluffy little aliens that came down and. Oh shit! Yeah, it's like save something. Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting the title of it. It was save cute. yourself. It, it was cute though. Save yourself. Yeah, that save might have been it. It was on Hulu, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the comed- the comedian who was like the lead. Self or selves? I don't remember. That's uh, none of those. Selves. Just do the save you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Letterbox is very specific. There it is. Save there yourselves. Is. Yeah. Her name is Sunita Mani. Yes, because she was in the Roller Derby TV show. No, uh, Glow. The Glow. The ladies of professional wrestling. Whatever that was. I think it was called Glow. Yeah. Yeah. She was in that. The one with uh, Annie. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Allison Brie. Yep, Allison Brie. Uh, yeah, I like that movie. That was good. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of similar. Where like, it's more confusing and dread-inducing than anything else. Because there's not much action you can take. Right. Like, unless you're an actual fucking prepper, you can't, you're not, there's not much you can do. If you're a prepper, this is your fucking Christmas. Oh, yeah. This is every Christmas for the rest of your life. Yeah. Every day is Christmas. Uh, Especially because, like, congratulations, you were proved right. So (laughs) this is the depressing version of the Save Yourselves. Yes. Which was more. Yeah. Cute and fuzzy. Only that had more of a resolution than this one does. Because there are no cute and fuzzy aliens coming down. (laughs) Uh, but again, I think worth a watch. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's a well-acted film. I mean, Mahershala Ali's always worth watching. Uh, and then Bottoms. Oh my god. Bottoms? Right now you can only rent it. Mm. Um, I remember seeing a bunch about it when it was uh, yeah. in its festival. But it's, uh, not, festival. What I thought, it's not what I thought it was. Because I remember no. seeing it and I'm like, okay, that's a movie about being gay. Mm-hmm. Just look at the poster. Right. Um, but this... Yeah, I, I it, cross Fight Club and Heather's, and this is what you have. You have two girls. Uh, 
it's directed, written written by Rachel Senna, co-written by Rachel Senna, uh, directed by the same girl who directed her in Shiva Baby, which was a other good film from a few years ago. Um, 2020. Yeah. This film is essentially, what if two girls who basically describe themselves as loser, untalented lesbians, ugly, un- loser, untalented lesbians, um, decide that the best way to get other girls to like them is to start a fight club. Nice. Because fight club is kind of sexy. You know, you get all that adrenaline to you and there's danger. Um, one of my favorite parts of them, they have to get a student advi- they have to get a uh, teaching advisor for this club. It's fucking Marshawn Lynch. I was going to say, it's Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> and he's awesome in this. Because he, he's just playing himself. I would listen to Marshawn Lynch talk for days on And end. he's got a lot of scenes. And he's fucking hilarious in them. Just fucking put a mic in front of that man yeah, and let him go. Because he's their history teacher. And he's like, divorce, divorce. He's in the middle of a divorce. Nice. So, yeah. It's, it's a fun, fun film. Like, it's all about, you know... How the the football the football team has a game coming up in thirty days against their <laughs> rival, who murders them. Hmm. Like there's always been a murder whenever they play this other team. And again, the film starts off with this game is thirty fucking days away. No other games. Um, the football players are always in full uniform during the school day. Like they're wearing pads. <laughs> So and like, they are the biggest wusses you've ever seen. But like you know, they lead. They you know they run the school, man. Not you ugly lesbians. We run the school. Um, you almost expect expect them to break out in song and dance, which never happens, sadly. <laughs> um, but it's got kind of that Heather's like dark, dark, dark yeah. fucking sense of humor. Um, like like this isn't quite real life. Oh, not even close. Um, like, the big football game that takes place at the end, it's like eight on eight. Because <laughs> like, you never see more than, like, eight football players at a time. Whereas a high school football team has, like, 50. You know? Even small schools like F.A. has 30 football players. Yeah. Now, this one has eight. <laughs> um, and they all play... Yeah, but it's, like, got that time. kind of, like, fast time at Ridgemont High. Like... Yeah. Where they're fucking around, trying to get everyone all angry at the other. Where they're trying to get um, Forrest Whitaker mad at the other team because they broke his car. But it's got that kind of level. Um, and it, it feels like a teen movie. It's got those teen, you know, the best friends are at some point going to have a fight. Yeah, not get along for a while, like super bad. Yep. Um, so it hits all the the, but it's very self aware of what all the teen movie beats are. Yeah. Um. Did you ever watch the the Netflix show that the murder one with that Marshawn was on an episode of? No. What the hell was it? It was well, the click on him. I bet his I bet his CV is not terribly lengthy. Uh, yeah. Oh wait. Oh my. The Murderville show. Murder. I didn't know a, they a Murderville did. murder mystery. Okay, I didn't yeah. know they did a. Oh, they won. This is the one. I, I guess this is the one that I want. Can well, you, we watched all of them. Do but. me a quick solo. Break back from that. Please click on the Great American Baking Show because Andrea and I watched that. What do we want to know? I just want to know which one it is because Andrea and I love watching that show. <laughs> and to know Marshawn Lynch is on one of the episodes, I now have to. Oh, watch. okay. Gotcha. I have to watch him on this. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Because again, he's just such a cool guy. I love fucking Marshawn Lynch. You uh, so watch the uh, Murderville. I didn't realize he was on the Christmas episode. Um, the right. But what it is is um, Jason Bateman plays a douchey TV cop, mm-hmm. and the people, the the guests that come on are playing themselves yeah. and have no idea what the plot of the thing is. They just know that it's like going to a, 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 what are the, mur- like a murder party type yeah. thing for them. Only So everyone else there is an actor. They're the only ones that don't know what's going on. So like Jason Bateman is going through trying to solve a crime with Will Arnett's character. And that alone is enough for me to watch it. And it, one of them is Marshawn. And it's pretty good stuff. Who would have thought that Marshawn Lynch would be, like, the big part of today's episode? Well, it was worthy of talking about. Uh, Other than that, you watched uh, Cape Fear, which I haven't watched in a very long time. It holds up very well. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, again, it's, you're taking a a 50s noir and tying it, and, like, viewing it through a 90s thriller lens. Right. Parts of it work really well, other parts don't. But De Niro's fucking just awesome throughout the whole way through. Nolte's full-blown Nolte. Yeah. Uh, Watched a New York, New York, which is Scorsese's attempt at making, like, a 50s musical. Did not work for me. Uh, Mostly just because De Niro's character in that is such a douchebag. Yeah. And I'm just like, there is no way Liza Minnelli's character would be with this guy. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Like, he's annoying her from moment one. But yet, we're supposed to believe they fall in love. And even when they fall in love, they're still... They don't get along. So, yeah. And Uh, it was over long. You watched a 40s movie? Brief I did, because it's one that... It's um, one that um, Scorsese's always talking about. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to watch a classic movie tonight. So I went on to HBO, and where they don't have them classified as Turner Classic Movies anymore as a section on on Max, which is super fucking annoying. I literally just went, okay, the first classic film that pops up as I'm scrolling through A to Z that Scorsese talked about, I'm going to watch. I wonder and why... And that was Brief Encounter. I which was actually... The B, so... It's a very, very good film. I wonder why that's never come up on any of my... Lists when I'm looking for my other really old stuff because yeah. I've never even heard of this. I mean, it's a David Lean film. Dude did Lawrence of Arabia. It's kind of a big deal. Which uh, but I, this is a very small. Have I just film. scrolled past it? Maybe. I, I do not recognize this. Um, I'm going to add it to my 40s list, though. Yeah, very very good movie. Uh, very straightforward. Uh, two strangers who meet at a man. What a couple of douchebags we are. I know. <laughs> Uh, two Let me just add this to my 40s list, like an yeah. asshole. Uh, two people who basically meet happenstance at a, a, not necessarily a news counter, but like at a little tiny restaurant snack shack yeah. at, at a London subway station, um, start talking, they're both married, and then they start to fall in love with each other visit, and then they start to realize that this isn't going to end well for either of them, and they end it. Nice. Yeah. It's very, what a longing in this film, but it, it beautifully, beautifully fucking shot for very few sets. Um, 
just well done, well made movie. I can understand why Scorsese loves it a lot. It's you know, it's very much like the Age of Innocence, where you you want these two characters to get together so badly, but if they got together, it would ruin what you actually like about both characters. Because part of what you like about them is who they are, and if they do this, they're not going to be the people they are. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I compared it to uh, Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. Because, yes, that's how douche we are. I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's much like that foreign I was thinking, sounds similar to the plot of Push It. <laughs> uh, but, no, yeah, like I said, I've started watching what more douchey. <laughs> movies. Uh, I watched Tuki Buki. Um, Jesus, that was a weird one. There we go. It was also uh, well timed. Yes, uh, Tuki Buki. It's a uh, part of um, Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project through uh, Criterion. Andrea got me the volume one for my birthday, uh-huh. so I started watching that. It's um, very much like Badlands and Natural Born Killers, but set in Africa. Oh, cool! Where these two teenagers are, they want to go get away to France. Um, far less murder. It's mostly just they're ripping people off than like the American counterparts. But so yeah, this would have been like six years after Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, it, it's lovers on the run. Um, it's it, but it's an interestingly shot film because it's there's some very dream dreamy sequences to it and some weird shit that happens. Um, I liked it. I know I'm missing a lot of the cultural references. Yeah. Because, again, I'm not from, um... Christ. Wherever this takes place. Senegal, maybe, where it was filmed. Um, But, yeah, very cool movie. Very cool movie. Apparently, the the director, uh, Jibril Diop Mambeti, is, like, one of Africa's most renowned filmmakers. Uh, It was indeed Senegal. Cool. I, I I retained something from watching it. <laughs> Go me. Uh, I could pass the post chapter quiz. I think that was everything. Yeah. All right. Well, we are already at December sixteenth, and uh, my end of year watch list is oh Jesus, <laughs> far more than one a day for the rest of the oh, year. Oh yeah. Um, mine. Because again, a lot of the a lot of the best of twenty twenty three lists are coming out. Yeah. And a lot of them just haven't been out for us to see. Uh, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers. I, I don't think we're, we're not going to get... A lot of these were not. Ferrari. Ma- Maestro hits Netflix this week, though. The Bradley Cooper one over Leonard Bernstein. That hits yeah. this week. Uh, I want to see Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, Zone of Interest, Priscilla, uh, The Killer, which is on Netflix I want to see. We could have watched that at any point, Dan. That's been out for like a month. I know. <laughs> Probably longer than that. Um, Napoleon won't, hasn't come out yet. Napoleon's getting fucking hammered. He's getting savage. But again, it's Ridley Scott. <laughs> I know. So maybe like his third director's cut of it will be good. Like Kingdom of I Heaven. I like how his response to the criticism is fuck off. Yep. <laughs> well, I can take bottoms off my list because I watched that. Uh, but yeah, there's there, there's a, I've probably got 40 on my end of year film list that I, I need to watch. <laughs> uh, 82. Ah. You've got older films, though. Oh yes, these are not just these are not just twenty twenty. Yeah, you're not getting to all those. You no. might as well wait on Lone Star. No, I've watched Lone Star. Oh, that's right. Anything yeah. that's great. That's out. right. Yeah, we talked about the other week because because yeah. again, again, it's getting a four K release. Yeah, in of January, course it is. So of course it is. Uh, although uh, it looked great. 
Witness actually just got a 4K release from Arrow. I'm probably going to end up picking up that box set after Christmas. Yeah, I, I bought it. It was 4 dollars a little while ago. Because um, Arrow put out like a super deluxe edition of that that I really want to get. Same yeah. with Carlito's Way. Uh, and Fugitive just came out on 4, uh, 4K. Everything that's on my list, I either own or it's available to stream. Um, yeah, see, I think this yeah, is what I'm, I'm... Like I said, this is my goal for next year, is just to... Maybe not necessarily theme everything as much, but just watch good shit. Yeah. Cause Notice how Con Air is on my list. Like I said, good shit. Yeah. Because um, we were watching those types of movies for the summer. Because <laughs> so. um, I can't remember what it was. We were scrolling through Netflix the other day, and it's like just like this... Because I always think, oh, there's not shit on Netflix anymore. You know, I rarely ever go on Netflix unless it's to watch a show. But like the list of movies that showed up for, hey, you should watch these. I'm like, these are all fucking killer films. Yeah. And I was like, why, why don't I just watch more good fucking Why don't movies? I do that? Um, yeah. Because my, my list right now of stuff that's on, I still have to watch the Sly and the Arnold documentaries on Netflix. I want to watch those. Oh, yeah. Um, do they come out like back to back? Pretty close to one another. Yeah. But yeah, like celebrate. Which one came out first? Celebrate the Oscars right now on Netflix. You could watch Black Swan, Carol, Minari, All Quiet on the Western Front, Get Out, Black Klansman, Battle to Buster Scruggs, The Midnight Sky, L.A. Confidential, The Deer Hunter, Don't Look Up, Power the Dog, White Tiger, Pieces of a Woman, The Irishman, Dune, Social Network, Silver Linings Playbook. Lost in Translation, um, Pinocchio, Marriage Story, Whiplash, The Five Bloods, Vice, Trial of the Chicago Seven, La La Land, Tick Tick Boom, Mank. Like, there's a lot of good shit right there. Gladiator, Saving Private Ryan, Living, um, yeah, Call Me By Your Name, Mudbound, Beautiful Mind. Okay, I'm going to end on that one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> starting to lose steam. But there's so many fucking good movies out right now. I'm like, I could click on any one of those and watch it and be very happy. So I think I'm going to try to do a lot of more of that in the new year. Yeah. Like, be like, I need, I'm going to watch that tonight for no other reason than it's the one of the first ones I saw come up. I need to get back to that. Yeah. I've I've been giving a lot of threes and two and a halfs and stuff lately, and it's, it's kind, fucking bringing me down. Kind of wears on you after a <laughs> it while. It does. Because again... <laughs> I can't fucking we're, watch. We're, we're cinephile fucking jack-offs, man. Watch another um, one of these. Yeah. So, and I was trying to get through, like, the, the 80s and 90s action movies that we like. Man, they're, they're so fucking bad. So like, bad. even if they're, like, fun and uh, you get the nostalgia, they're fucking bad movies. Mm. <laughs> they're, not, they're just, they're not very well written, other yeah. than, like... Yeah, at the end of this year, I would love to see my average score of movies watched be around, like, the four and a half range. Jesus. Yeah. That would be... Something. Well, I mean, it's. I don't think it's going to be that hard. I mean, and not like just what the score is on there. My average score. I was going to say you wouldn't be able to do. You'd no, only. You'd only be able to watch parasites at like a four two or whatever it's. At. Yeah. If yeah. you're there, are only there are less than two hundred four threes or above. Yeah. Put it that way. So like because you have my to be average, in the four twos I to get in. My the average. I want like at the end of the year my little bar graph going across. I want yeah. it to be. I want it to look like a fucking hatchet. You know, <laughs> a few titles at the beginning. And then just, boom. Um, we will... Are we going to try to record one more time this calendar year? Yeah. Where uh, we can do this best coming, of? Nah, Next weekend won't be able to, because again, it's no. our Christmas Eve and right. all that shit coming right. up. But yeah, I think we could get 
the week after that. Because again, we're on vacation. Right. I mean, we, we could really we could do it. Rec- we we could, could record it. any fucking time we please. We could do it any day that week. And I will, uh, I'm going to, to upload this one today because yeah, we'll they're holiday themed. Yeah, we'll actually have to do it during the week because I forgot we're going to New Jersey for the weekend of New Year's. Yeah, I mean, we'll. So yeah, we'll just do it during the week. I don't think, we never schedule anything for that week. No. We usually don't either because Andrew doesn't usually have it all the way off. But yeah, yeah, I think the only days off we don't have together are like this coming Friday and that first Monday. Yeah. All right, so that's what we'll do. End of year, we will watch a couple more Christmas movies by that time. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be back then. 